Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Mcdurs. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleszek. Andy, how you doing today? Doing pretty good. Covering still a little bit from 4th of July last weekend, but yep. you know. Enjoying the good. weather, enjoying Just the heat. Having fun with all that, yeah. Yeah. Have you been able to get to a pool at any point? Been able to Not cool yet. off? You're just sweating your sweating your sack off? Sweating it on the <laughs> golf course when I can. It's just mainly right golf, right? Yeah. It's either you're going to a pool or you're going to a golf course, but we've been going yeah. to the golf course lately. Can't, can't be mad at that. Can't be mad at it. All no. right, folks. That's what we're going to jump right into right now is Andy. Tell them everything they need to know about Mictor. Of course. Uh, so I know we've... Done a few different episodes on Mictors before, um, but the one, if you want like a full breakdown of Mictors as a distillery, uh, this is another OG one we did, uh, episode eight, Costs Be Damned. Um, and, Damn them. Yeah. And um, just as a brief recap, you know, we were hoping, we got our hands on another one from them this week, but we were hoping to do Mictors 20. Uh, hoping we could have won that in a state lottery, but... We tried. <laughs> we tried and won an Elmer Teeley instead. Yeah. Um, We're very heartbroken about it. Yeah, <laughs> very heartbroken. Um, but officially, distilling began in the 1950s for them um, back in Pennsylvania. Uh, originally, they were the... Actually, the... Um, God, I think they were the... Well, in the 50s in Pennsylvania, that's when they officially became Mictors back then. Yeah. But distilling for them has gone on since the 1800s uh, mm-hmm. under a bunch of different names. Um, like, non-linearly, their history can be traced all the way back to um, Shanks Whiskey in Pennsylvania, uh, that distillery, in 1753. But then in the 1800s, it was renamed Bombarger's. Didn't, like, George Washington or something try to claim that they... they it was some like old general that claimed that they fed their soldiers I, I victors. Think, I don't remember I, who it was though. Well, I know George Washington um, gave a rations of whiskey to his folks. I feel like I it was. I feel like it was George Washington was in yeah. Pennsylvania and like gave his soldiers victors. I don't remember it exactly, yeah. but it was I think something it might like have been that. him. Yeah. But I know I know he at least gave them rations of whiskey during the Revolutionary War. But I forget if it was like Shanks and what is now Mictors. Right. Gotcha. Um, Very cool. But, yeah, so then it became Bombergers in the 1800s. Then initially um, in 1950s in Pennsylvania, that's when it was, after Prohibition, resurrected and renamed Mictors. Um, and then the distilling operations ended up being um, not only renamed in the 50s, they lasted another four decades-ish there in Pennsylvania before moving, um, relocating down to Shively, Kentucky in 2000. And then adding their uh, Fort Nelson location in downtown Louisville, like right across the street from the uh, Louisville Slugger yeah. Museum uh, in 2019. Um, and they were primarily, or a big reason they were able to do it, was because the uh, name and I think most of the operations in Pennsylvania ended up just being shut down in the, like, mm. the late 80s or 90s. Gotcha. Um, and that's when they were able to bring it over into Kentucky and revive all the names and um, <laughs> distilling and everything. 
They brought um, it to where it should be. Yeah. In Kentucky. For, for bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that location in downtown uh, Louisville um, at Fort Nelson is actually technically the official start of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, even though you can sit there and start it anywhere along right. the trail. Um, but it's like one of the Michters, I think, is one of the top spots that we're trying to go to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If we we, need, to, we need to go for sure. Yeah. We'll have a trip sometime soon, like within the yeah. next couple of years. Probably. Like it's harder with babies and things like that. But like yeah. in the next couple of years, we'll just make a trip where it's like, all right, we're picking out these distilleries and we're just going to head down just there go, yeah. and hit them. And I know Michters is one of them. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, as a result of having like all these legacy names, I don't know, just because it's so tough to find them on shelves and mm. I haven't been able to find much of the information on them on like the new knit on the new distillate yeah they've named some of like their legacy distillate um after like the historic distilleries they came after um gotcha. but like i said i mean they're ex- like at least the bomb burgers is like ex- as far as i've seen extremely tough to find very limited if it's even still produced and very expensive to get your hands on right um and they're the majority of their distillation is done at the Shively, Kentucky, which is just a suburb of Louisville, is done there. But they do do like all their tours, or most if not all of their tours, and some distillation at the uh, Fort Nelson location. And cool. they're kind of a little bit like, um, they're a little bit like makers in how they do some of their operations in that they pretty much almost all their stuff is going to be a minimum eight-year-old product, mm-hmm. as far as I can see. Um, but instead of doing charring the barrels and then toasting, they reverse that process. So they toast the barrel, then they char the barrel gotcha. um, to, I think, a level three or four char. And they barrel it and age it at 103 proof, which is a lot like Maker's, and it's a lot lower of a proof than most distilleries will enter the barrel at, at like 125 proof. Mm. Um, which... This process will lead to yet less yield from the um, product per barrel, whether it's their bourbon or rye, um, but does to some extent, for the majority of it, allow it to age quicker than a lot of distilleries find. Whereas, you know, you'll see like Buffalo Trace or some of these other big distilleries, you know, take 10 years for some of their bigger name labels. Sure. If they can produce it two years quicker, hey, it still tastes good. I don't mind it. Yeah, um, you can move some product. Yeah, um, and I know we've done a few of their different. Um, we've done a lot of their I've, different products. Yeah, I think we've done what have we done the rye. Yeah, we've done the rye. I think the bourbon. We did the bourbon. Yep, and their American we whiskey. We did the American. We're trying their sour match small batch that's today. Today we tried the. We did an episode where we tried the. I think it was the barrel strength rye. Barrel strength rye and maybe a toasted barrel. I think we did um, both of them, I think. Yeah, I think at the same time. Yeah. The only ones we haven't been able to do are their 20-year bourbon and then the 10-year bourbon and rye. Right. And maybe some of their other very limited And and we've got fingers crossed on all those. Those are all like, even if you can get your hands on them, you're still going to spend like, for a 20-year bourbon, you're going to spend $1,000. Oh, yeah. It's it's $1,000 at retail. That's even if you can even get it at retail, which is, that's a stretch to begin with, let alone the price. So, yeah, I think we were, we entered in a lottery for the 10-year or the, or the 20-year. Yeah, it was the 20-year. Yeah, the 20-year. And, and, like, we tried to get it. And even if we had gotten it, it still, we would spend $1,000 on it. Yeah. So, pretty happy with the mixers we've gotten so far. Yeah, so far, yeah. 
Well, Andy, I think without further ado, we should go ahead and try the Michter's Small Batch Sour Mash Whiskey. Yeah. As always, for the tasting, we're going to start with the nose. Mmm. It's pretty yummy. Yeah, got a very good nose on it. Kind of does have that very reminiscent, like, characteristic Michter's nose for me. Yeah. Where it has that, um, like, very sweeter... Like sweeter caramel, sweeter oak nose to me on it. I'm getting the sweet oak, like you uh, said. Yeah, like you get the, it, like it's oaky, but you get the sweetness. It's yeah. like a kind of like marshmallows, yeah, like yeah. graham cracker stuff. It's like someone smashes uh, like a like a Jolly Rancher into a tree. Yeah, or like they like <laughs> aged s'mores or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's sure. what I get a lot out of it. Really good. All right, let's give it a taste. Cheers. Cheers. Pretty good, I, I I like it. Um, I think this might be my second favorite. Um, after that barrel strength rye that we got, that we were able to try as an episode. Yeah, this might be my second favorite one from Michter's. Um, I forget the price point for it, but it's good. I like it. The uh, so for the small the sour mash, the price point was fifty five here in Cincinnati. Oh okay, yeah, in Ohio. Yeah, I so can't that's not speak too for bad. other. Yeah, I yeah. can't speak for other spots. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I definitely think it's like a... It's not an overly like complex. A, yeah, it's not overly complex. It but it's is, still a good, it's still a good, like, stable, I think, if you want to have. Like, if you want to start with something, definitely, yeah. it's a good one to try it's from more, I feel like this would be, like, a good whiskey for, like, the fall, maybe. Yeah, maybe Because it's, like, ramping up a little bit. Like, it's getting a little more aggressive, yeah. but it's still very, like, bourbon-y. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I think it's worth a buy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I said, especially if it's something that you're wanting to start off your Michter's journey. Yeah. 55 bucks, at least here in Ohio, might be a little bit out of your price range for a beginner, but it's still good. I would recommend it. Right, and it is, it's a it's a tougher, like I wouldn't say it's one of the top tier bourbons to have, but it's a tougher find. Yeah. So like, it's one of those ones where it's kind of nice to be like, oh, this tastes good. And oh, if I have some friends come over for a dinner party, yeah. it's a very kind of impressive thing to have on your yeah, shelf in some ways. In- the people who actually know things about, about yeah, whiskey. They'll like it. Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's worth the 55. Yeah. All right, folks. That's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. Leave a review. And please listen to every episode of Distilled Discussions. Share it on social media. Tell your friends about us. We really do appreciate your support. Please pour yourself another whiskey. Enjoy yourselves. And don't worry. We'll be here to drink with you next week.